and welcome to the Knock On, KCLR and Scoreline.ie's weekly rugby podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by Johnny Tobin from Tuller Rugby Club, Tom Crotty from Carlo, and James Blanchfield from Kilkenny. We discuss a lot, including a look back at Kilkenny and Tullow's games last weekend, a preview of Carlo against Mullingar this weekend in the Leinster League, a preview and review of the women's and youths games over the weekend, Kilkenny College beat narrowly in the Leinster Schools Junior Cup, Tom Daly in Collect. Will he make the Irish camp again? Is there a Munster management pivot happening? Leinster's front row experiments? Players leaving the go abroad? Women's rugby and why there should be more investment into it? And lots more. The full band is back this week. Tom Crotty, Johnny Tobin and James Blanfield. Uh, Tom from Carlo, of course. Johnny from Tullow and James from Kilkenny. Tom, welcome back. Uh, this week we missed you last Thanks, week, Stephen. of course, but and uh, sympathies to your family on the passing of your mother. Thanks, Stephen. Much appreciated. No problem at all, lads. Plenty of, plenty and plenty of action on the pitch. Leinster League is back in full swing. Uh, the URC is back as well. There's plenty to talk about there as well. And there's a bit of international bits happening, and there's management issues and. There's colleges rugby and everything, or schools rugby back and all that stuff as well. We'll get cracking with the local stuff first as well. James Blanchfield, uh, happy fellas coming out of Fuchstown last week. Uh, that's a good win over Setonians. Yeah, we were delighted. We were thrilled. Like, I mean, we were all looking at Setonians in the warm up, kind of going, geez, these are big fellas, you know, they know what they're doing. They're doing a great warm up. They're all, they talk the talk. They were out there, they were chanting and up and back and one, two, three, and all this kind of stuff. And like, they were big fellas. And we were kind of questioning, geez, are our, after the week before, are our lads going to be able to cope with these boys in the scrum? That was the first big question we had coming in. And after the first scrum, we kind of knew we had that. We knew, yeah, not too bad. Second scrum, not too bad. And then we had the upper hand. But, she's fair play to Sutton. For the first 20 minutes, they owned the ball. Like, we couldn't get outside of our 22. Um, and they were playing this real kind of game plan, a real speedy game plan, one-off runners off 9 and 10. And to be fair, we couldn't cope with it. We actually couldn't, but they still failed to get through. Um, so what happened then was I turned around. I actually, on the sideline, I was standing behind the goal. I turned around to Mick O'Donovan and said, the best thing we do here, Mick, now is give away a penalty and let them kick a goal. Two minutes later, they got a penalty, kicked the goal, got three points. That allowed us to get back down into their house straight away from the kickoff to score a try. Uh, that just, yeah. from, from there on, it was plain sailing. We cracked their game plan. We knew how to defend against against them, and that was it. We didn't concede a try. Uh, game finished twenty nine points to six. Um, really good performances all around. Gary Dunn was class in the back row, but the big success story of the day was Connor Walsh. Um, Connor's just up from under eighteen. It's his first home start in the Leinster League. He started down in Gorey the week before, but didn't get much game time, if any. But um, some of the stuff he did in the game, like a young fella of 18, should not be doing in a, in a J1 Leinster League match. It was, he was up winning kickoffs from full back, you know, and winning our own kickoffs from full back, getting up amongst their forwards and winning them. And then not only did he win them, but he'd make ground as well. And like, uh, he's a big, tall, big, tall chap. He's all arms and legs. You're skinny, still has a lot of growing to do. But what he did at the sec- in the second half for our bonus point try was, was nuts. Um, he got a ball deep inside our own half and just went. Looked like there was a defender coming to him. He chipped it over to him. The bounce went against him. 
somehow he just stayed going for the bounce. He was caught about a meter short and made a pop off to um, I think Wooden Dempsey or Connor Dempsey to get the try. So for us, so it was great to see Connor Connor getting in. For more importantly, it was great for us to get a win with a bonus point that puts us in the fourth position in the league and a couple of other interesting results in Division One A as well last week. So. You know what? A little bit of momentum and a little bit more positive energy around the club and around the team now. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Congratulations. I'm feedbacking through someone's speakers there, lad. <laughs> Whoever it is. No, I think it's gone there now. Um, uh, Johnny Tobin, you took the trip down to the seaside to have a look at Wicklow. Um, we were talking about them last week and how tough they were and just how much work is going on there and everything. Why, Jesus put on a good show? Very tight. Yeah. It was very impressive, actually, yeah, considering, um, because we haven't really been on a, such a good roll. Like, I know we beat Mullingar, but, like, we've been building, building, building. But, like, we spoke about last week, um, Wicklow went to Longford and beat Longford. So what we said last week was that's a, a league decider for them. Um, and then we go up there and do that. Like, we led till I think it was, I think there was 12 or 13 minutes left in the game, and we were leading 20 points to 17. Like, and they just got a, a score in the last few minutes. And held us out, but um, very, very positive. And um, to be fair, a lot of young lads, it was, it was nice for me, even especially there. My younger brother got a start in the firsts, um, he started on the wing for them. He's only came back to play in rugby in the last couple of weeks. Um, so I was thrilled with that. My parents even went up to watch it, was <laughs> made a real day out of it, but uh, it was good. It was some good stuff. Lads are on the up now, they're training tonight because um, Aho is getting married in the morning, so um. They're trying to make giving the weekend off then a bit of celebrations and then back to reality then Tuesday. But look, it's all going the right way. Um I wasn't expecting that scoreline to be fair. I think Tom will agree with me to, and James. There we there's no one expecting Tullo to get that scoreline in Wicklow. You know, Johnny, you oh, said last result. week that really good if result. you come back for with a win, you know, you had a good day out, like you know. Yeah. I remember looking at Twitter actually, but about two minutes to go on the scoreline, I think it was twenty one twenty or something like that. I was going, just Tullo are winning. You know what? Tobin will be delighted, but it's great to see it, you know. Yeah, absolutely. yeah no, it was great. Great to get a bonus point. Yeah, well, it was. No, and look at they're all positives, and it's a small positive to build a squad. We lost Stevie Smith and Joe Waters very early in the game. Oh, God. Lads, no, like they're two massive losses. Absolutely. Like Stevie Smith's yeah. ball carrying alone is yeah. worth its weight in gold, you know. Like you're no disrespected lads, but you're bringing on a sub prop to move Scott Callback back to the back row at about 10 15 minutes gone in the first half. like you know, yeah. um, it, it doesn't do any, any favours. Like, so I think fatigue would have came into it a little bit in the end. But all credit to Wicklow. They stuck it out. They got the win. They don't want to have to do. But I th- I really think we came away from, um, from Wicklow more positive now than them. And from your perspective, Johnny, was it kind of Wicklow were bad or Toto were very good or a little bit of both? Or not trying to knock your performance? Yeah. I'll be honest with you, it was a little bit of both. I'd say Wicklow were very complacent. I would have yeah. imagined they would have come saying, "Look, Tuller on a bad roll at the minute. Everyone knows that lads are retiring, lads are out injured, stuff like that. We're still transitioning back from GA. We had a lot of lads playing GA Saturday and Sunday, so they weren't available to us. Mm. Um, we had 19 lads went to Wicklow, and we done exactly what Tuller do. Everyone, everyone doubts you, just turn up and just perform. That's when everyone says it against you. You're thinking, "Oh, they're going to get hammered here," and then they just turn on, and it's just. It's crazy to think that you can just turn a switch like that and be that good. And then mm. where do you go from here now? With the league, you know? um, Absolutely. So yeah. hopefully this weekend off will be good. Get Stevie Smith, Joe Waters back. 
few others back and yeah. we're moving in the right direction is the main thing yeah absolutely congratulations Johnny you know it's a loss but the performance is very good for momentum great for the heads and all that as well yeah. and uh, best wishes to Aho uh, he's a part of the furniture <laughs> in Tullo so he is yeah. lovely man yeah. he came down to the this year well, he goes down every year, doesn't he? Mm, sorry, what's Angie, is that his wife's name? Anne-Marie. Anne-Marie, yeah. He's surely part of the furniture now. No, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. it. Um, so, Tolo are off this weekend, of course. There is a break. Kenny have a break as well. But Tom, yeah. uh, your match was obviously postponed last week. Um, and so, it'll go ahead this weekend. So, you've yeah. got that trip to Mullingar uh, on Sunday as well. I don't think the forecast is great. <laughs> Proper rugby weather, though. That's where Johnny knows we're playing on a carpet. <laughs> Mind yourself that you don't get carpet burn, Tom. Yeah, the rain will help you with the carpet burn, Tom. We know what happened. Ah, yeah, last yeah. <laughs> I tell you, it won't be me getting carpet burn a long way off that. <laughs> no, um, look, I, I have to say thanks to the club for that. That the by postponing the games last week was uh, it's on a, a mark respect for me, man. But um, no, look, we're looking forward to going to Mullingar with any problems we have. Um, We've kind of nine sort of in the row first choice players missing this weekend um, through injury and so on. Um, we also lost Ross Elms, our captain, kind of a talisman of the team, and the Kildare and the Kildare match. Um, Ross looks like he'll be out for half, if not the whole season. He um, ruptured his uh, Achilles tendon, which was, uh, which was a bit of a bummer for him, most of all, and and uh, for us as a club. Because he was flying that day and just happened early on in the game, you can see the difference. Like it upset the whole, our whole, um, our whole system and the way we play when Ross went down. But um, I'm sure the lads have put an awful lot of work in this week. Um, it'll be kind of youngish. They're just kind of looking at what potentially the team is. So like, there's a lot of a lot of younger players going to be stepping into big shoes this weekend. Um, and we hope to get seconds. There could be a few old forwards playing in the backs in the seconds, but the main things we want to try and get it, make sure we get the two, two teams up if we can at all. Because, um, like there is lads training there who need games, you know, it's, and it's hard enough to get seconds games. And I think one of the have their seconds, Johnny. I think they do, yeah. We actually didn't have had, a had. yeah. We, we haven't, we didn't have a seconds today they were due to play us, so yeah, I think they have. So it'd be nice to get. Lads again, no matter where they're playing and what they're at, but it's it's uh, game time now is key for you know, if lads are training week in, week out, the main thing is that they get games. But I know we're looking forward to to get get the show on the road again. Yeah, absolutely. Um and the best of luck with that match. Yeah. So Tonians couldn't put a seconds team out against us on Saturday and they couldn't feel the team the week before either. Like for a strong club like Satonians. Wouldn't yet they can put out a J three and a J four to play Metro League. Oh, that's yeah. That's, that's that's just that's an insult to like it's an insult to to us down here that they're not there putting these teams out. Like that's just not on. And I know they just don't want to travel. Well, that's it. They don't want to travel. They just don't want to travel down. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. And is that an ongoing issue, lads? With Teams from, say, the Clondalkins of the world and all those. Um, Clondalkins will be very good. They yeah. won't be. They'd be very good. Yeah. Uh, they'd always feel seconds and first. It'd be more, 
be more the, the Sutton and stuff that that kind of thing that it would um, Malahide maybe as well and Ashburns mm-hmm. and stuff like that but yeah, yeah I think they're unbeaten, but yeah. yeah. But if they're feeling twenties as well, they see. I suppose yeah. they can. They're kind of. Yeah, but to feel a J three and a J four, not feel a J two, it doesn't make sense. You know, mm. absolutely. Um, Johnny, the total ladies are in action this weekend. They've got their uh, division or uh, league stuff taking place as well. And of course, there's youths matches penciled in for the weekend as well. I think Kilkenny are out. Uh, that as well. There's bits and pieces going on, lads. Yeah, there's there's lots of stuff going on actually. The minute the women are starting their 2021 2022 season, so the Ahos actually training them. Um, <laughs> oh, ironically <laughs> enough, so Kenny, aren't they? I think they're playing Kenny, yeah, 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 right. yeah. Um, look, it'll be good. Uh, I know they're training well. Ahos happy with the Maho and Pookie are actually training them. Um, so two first players, well. Two first men actually, they're coaching the player and they're they're flying it there at the minute. So hopefully it goes well for them. A lot of youth stuff going on as well this, uh, this weekend. There was very good there Monday night. Uh, the Southeast girls played Wicklow in a, a friendly game in in a score game. We had four girls on it from Tullow. Um, a few on it from Carlos Thomas there. From mm, Carlo? Is that under 16s or 18s? 18s. 18s. No. No. And can you have any on it, James? I'm not sure that Johnny now, to be honest with you. That's actually it's it's terrible because I'm I'm the forwards coach on the team. I don't actually know where half the girls are from, but girls will be at the minute striving. The, the game was the game was class Monday night. We played a week ago on three twenty minute sections. Um it was entertaining from the first five minutes. The referee pulled his calf. Uh, <laughs> had to be carried off the field. Um it was very good. Um so girls will be on up. Um and it's just Hopefully the senior women get a win on the weekend and the 18 girls can have a look at them and 16 girls. There's something to look forward to, something to look up to. Yeah, to, the, the, oh. the rhinos are out and we have our... We have the, yeah, their first cup game. There's an, it's at their, and they're in Tolo on Sunday at 2 o'clock against Wicklow. Or no, against uh, Dundalk. Oh, the, in Yeah, that's that cup, you know, the, the, the girls' cup. They play the cup games first. Oh, they played a couple first time run the league Yeah, and then it's the opposite to us to play the league after. Yeah. But uh, they're looking well. We had a good training session last night. So if, uh, yeah, they're a good bunch. Serious good outfit. Bunch. Yeah, yeah, and they had a, actually they had um, a really good win against Kilkenny. Sorry, James. Last last weekend. Sorry, Tom. Yeah. I'll hit you back. Sorry, one or two in a minute. I'll hit you back at one or two in a minute now. <laughs> you have us too. Uh, no, no, they. I know. They had. Um, He's going to bring they, up the sixteens result. Tom, was saying, there was a really, no, that was the sixteens. That wasn't the eighteens. That was the sixteens. The rhinos are the sixteens and fourteens. So, um, actually, they've, they've, they've had good numbers of both. It seems to be working. And I see. Yeah, uh, yeah. Where I see, and Scarty and Wexford have formed the southeast lines for the ladies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Des was telling me that the other night. Yeah, they formed together as well. Yeah, yeah, Wexford, yeah, yeah. So it'll be makes sense, though, lads. Yeah. Sometimes it does. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, well, youth wise for us now. Last weekend was a mixed bag. Like, but the lads under sixteen started off on Friday night with Harlow had a very, very strong win. Here he comes. Yeah, I knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah, like here he comes. They won't Yeah, yeah. yeah, I won't mention the thirty points, the thirty-four points that she scored because even though it was a strong win for us, like thirty-four points to seventy is still savage scoring. Like, yeah, that's that's a yeah. savage. Yeah, you know, uh, under sixteen girls lost to the Rhinos. Under fourteen boys lost to Carlo by two points. 
That was a great game. Lads are saying it. Yeah, I think that I think it was a good game, and that's good for yeah. us that our under fourteen boys have come on so well because. I think, Johnny, you and I were talking before about that team last year. They were way behind this year. They seemed to mm. cut up. Yeah, you yeah. Know, way behind the year before, yeah. yeah. The under-13 boys had a strong win at home to Carlo as well. And so, um, and the un- I think the uh, under-18 girls lost to Enscorti. You know, so. Yeah. Look, at a mixed bag. You know, yeah. the, big, the big thing is it's important. It's just important to get these kids back out to the pitch after... They've missed out on such so much development over 18 months. It's just great having back on the field playing ball. Yeah, absolutely. Sure, yeah. Um, this weekend, then, yeah. we, have, we, we have New Ross at home under 14 boys tomorrow night. There's a New Jersey presentation as well, Ray Coffee Construction and Seven Sevens Taxis to sponsor a new set of jerseys for them. Um, the under 18 girls are actually playing the Wolves on Saturday as well. The under 16 girls are playing Tullamore and yeah that's it that's all of our youth fixtures for the weekend good stuff busy 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 great to see it as well um johnny Kilkenny college the course at schools rugby uh time again um straight into it as well Kenny college were unlucky losing to belvedere college there the other day 17 16 sort of a last gasp uh kick um sort of ended it for Kilkenny as well but um yeah, it's a cutthroat, the old school rugby. Um we were I was up the Leinster match of the weekend and it was Gonzaga lads um walking ahead of us and they were talking about the games coming up. I was all just listening into the conversation they were having and it's uh, yeah it's full on like <laughs> our senior men actually beat our senior boys, I can't call them men, our senior boys beat Gonzaga yesterday in the first round of their league. But yeah, that, the lads were unlucky, um unlucky in the cup seventeen, sixteen. They worked really, really hard all summer long. Um, them them lads have committed. We were with them the 15th and 16th of July. We had two full day training sessions. We had four training sessions in August. We had one training session up in Tullow on the Astro pitch to get a familiarity to it. Um, the problem where where probably where we lacked is um, we had two games in preparation before that game, and they were both against Ross Gray School. The first one was 54 6, the second one was 40. I think it was 43-10 or 43-12, we beat them. So they're not they're not doing anything for us as such, whereas Belvedere were playing every Saturday against teams in Dublin. It's very easy mm. when you're in Dublin to get games against teams. It's yeah. not so easy down here yeah. to, get, to get a good team to compete with you. Um, but look, at the lads gave maximum effort, and the school is immensely proud of them. They were, they were really, really good. They tried their absolute best. Um, but look, at it just, just wasn't good enough on the day. Um, Maybe nerves, nerves were a lot playing a two for the first 15, 20 minutes. Uh, like, there's been a lot of hype. There's been a lot of this is a long time coming. Like, we're talking about this cup since that's last, last year's year. cup, though, Johnny, isn't it? Yes, yeah, last year's uh, cup. Like, yes, yeah, last year's because last year's junior it's, cup. It's been hyped up and it's you're, you find it hard to get excited about, it and then it comes around and then you're getting excited about it, but do you peak too early? It's all it's management things. Um, but I think the lads done really well. Um, Jeff Carter and Liam Caddy and myself. Um, we were involved with them in the summer, involved with them last year. Well, Jeff and Liam kind of led the, the show there on Tuesday. It was their, it was their team, like, and um, they put in massive effort, mm-hmm. massive effort. Like the coach and staff, the school, the SNC work, everything was massive behind them, and everyone got behind them. It was really good. But look at best luck to Belvedere. They're playing New, uh, Newbridge in the next round. Um, be nice to see oh, them. Newbridge, oh, Newbridge. <laughs> <laughs> secretly, I'm praying for Newbridge. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, look at um, 
proud of the lads. They've done really well. Actually, Carlo Man actually captained the team um, at a much hard. That's right. So, he's a fine player. Yeah, yeah he, he's an excellent player. An absolutely exceptionally good player. He's a really good kid as well. He, he's really respectful and he really wants to do well at rugby. There's yeah. a good few um, Carlo, Tullo, Kilkenny lads on it. Jack Campion was on it there from Kilkenny. Glenn O'Rourke from Tullo. Ivor Fenton from Tullo. Um, Watchhorn. Who else? Carlo. Stephen Bailey then from Carlo as well. There's a good few. Ben Deacon, uh, Toby Brown. It's good. There's a good few local lads on that squad, so it's nice to yeah. see, you know. Jack Campion's father is actually a past club captain at Kilkenny. I think he might yeah. have played for Carlo as well, Tom. Neil Campion. Oh, Neil yeah. did, yeah. Yeah, he did, yeah. yeah. Campo. Yeah. Like, he was an Campo, absolute yeah. dinger of yeah. a number eight. I mean, yeah. class. He would have played a lot yeah. of senior rugby with Mary's over the years. Well, Jack is an exceptionally uh, good rugby player. Yeah. I'd never tell Jack that. And it's funny because I know, I know, I know he listens to the podcast because he gets on to me every day about when I come back to school. Oh, I listen to the podcast today, sir. Uh, but uh, yeah, he's he's a really good kid, really good player. Yeah, no, I, when we met him in the room, I met him in the club on Saturday with his dad actually as well. So um, yeah, it's nice. It's nice to see him do well. You know, it's nice to see Kenny doing. We all actually look, really do look forward to seeing them. You know, doing well. We'd be hoping to be coming back to their club, like, you know, at the end that's of the it. day. That's why we're there. Yeah, that's it. You know, and... Tell um, me this, though. You said that was last year's cup, so there's going to be another junior cup after Christmas and this year's tournament. Yeah, so what happened was that that was the 05 cup. So when, when that was decided it was going to be played, um, Jeff Carter and Liam Caddy took over that group, and I then took over the 06 group. Until okay. the boys come back, so mm. the O six group will play their cup now. They're playing friendlies at the moment, but mm. they'll play their cup now in in February March next year. And the lads will come back and they'll take over there with the A's now as of next Monday. So, so is there any league for them though, Johnny? That they're there's a possibility. Schools? There's a possibility of a league after Halloween, but there's friendlies until then. But there's a possibility yeah. of a league. So I'd imagine. Look, we're going well at the minute. There's been touch wood. There's no. Issues come back from any of our games. There's been no COVID links. There's been none of that. So, touch wood has been well, very, any, very good. Any so. of the lads there that are not, but they can't play with Carlo or Tolo unless you. But, um, you can only play with your club from the 13th and first year. No, you can play. You can play schools youth, which is the Sunday league, which a lot of the Dublin clubs have. Get a lot of schools players back. They're the lads who are what what you call it, the year after um, junior cert. Uh, transition year. Yeah, is there a TY who, you can play who are yeah. not who are not on the senior panel. If yeah, you're not yeah. named on the senior panel, you can go back and play, you can play the Sunday League. Yeah. You can play the Sunday League with your with your club. Yeah. So, so when you're saying that, Sunday League, that doesn't necessarily mean that you can play under eighteen Leinster League or under sixteen. Oh yeah, Leinster you play under Leinster League schools youth on the Sunday. You can't play our oh. club one on on the Saturday, but you okay. can play like so. A lot of the clubs. Um, I see Kildare and a lot of clubs of around um, Kildare are starting to play in the Sunday Youth League, and and it's not quite as good a league. Like the standard wouldn't be as good as our own Leinster League. Like okay. being honest, our our Leinster League it would be a step a step ahead. Yeah, you have to call a spade a spade there, Tommy, yeah. because anyone going into TY that's not in the senior setup is the weaker side of the player. Like, yeah, Do you know, and and that's not not being harsh to any kid. That's just the the reality of it because. But like you see, in, Dub- in, in, the bigger, in the bigger schools, you'd have such a such a huge amount of players. Now, I know a lot of the Dublin schools will not do not want their players playing the club at all. Yeah, and, and have will there's an unwritten rule you don't. They don't want them in. They want them training full time in the school and don't go back to their club, which is not exactly the, the nicest thing no, for no. for young lads. They they well, they're just kind of giving a hint that they shouldn't play with their club, mm. which is wrong. Yeah. 
But yeah. a lot do come back, and but I say that's why there'll be some there and say Newbridge and those who would play schools youth, and there'll be lads in Newbridge College or in Clongos or places like that who will come back and just play on yeah. a Sunday under 18 or not under 18, it's be under 16, kind of. I'd say there'll be a lot of lads coming out of Clongos because it's the only time to get off is Sundays. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> 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 like, in school, we're in school six days Cup. a week. I think yeah. I played under 18 Cup in Kilkenny with half of the Ross Gracie in your Cup team playing for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, tell, I was already talking about. It. I tell you a good one. We, were, we when we were years ago in Tullow, we used to be struggling for under fourteen teams. We used to be knocking doors and getting ads out in the town. We were only chatting to Larry Canavan about there a few weeks back. We used to drive. So say if we're going to Gory or something, we'd stop in the whole way down along Gory. We get every Kilkenny college that out, put them onto the bus, and find some chap's name in the town and play him under the way he went. <laughs> just every week, we just couldn't get lads to play. Soccer was massive in the town at the time. Yeah. And then Sean just took us off then and Ruby just booked them. We just we kicked lads out the gate then with so many of them. <laughs> gas is gas. There were yeah. the times when you could do that. <laughs> you yeah. could do that now. You should do that with thirds and fourths teams too, pulling lads out of bed on Sunday mornings. <laughs> uh, a, a lot of times when you were supposed to be retired, you got bangs on the door going, oh, will you come on and play a match? I was out in the club the other night and Tommy Dwyer walks by me and says, Put down that lad there for the seconds there, will you? It's bad when a lad 61 is telling you to put yourself down to play seconds and you're not even 30 yet. <laughs> it's embarrassing he's, for you. He's playing next weekend. They're playing the, what you call the Parliamentarian. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've all got the invite to play on Saturday. Yeah, they're playing versus an over 35s or something. Yeah. <laughs> They've asked, actually, William Canavan has asked to come up and play. So if Bandon don't have a game, he's going to come up and play for Tolo one last time. Oh, he, said gonna, he said he wants to smack the president. I don't know what that's about. Paddy Brown. I'd be careful if I was Paddy Brown. <laughs> <laughs> but just on that, actually, interesting point that you made about Sean. Two points on Sean, actually, but well, one point on Sean and one point stemming from it. But we had Tim Corky was in around the club there on um, Saturday at the match. The amount of young fellas running up to him, like for four He do wonders for Just to see him, touch him, and see is he real or there, you know. <laughs> the other thing about Sean was I watched the London Irish game the weekend. Jesus, he had some out. He's unreal. Yeah. The great he game. Looks, he looks like he never lost a step. No, he doesn't. He, he looks like he's enjoying rugby. He's a lot of grey hair, though. <laughs> he is. He's turning grey. I don't know about you. I know how I that feels. I can't say what I'm going ball, but like. <laughs> <laughs> the light is great. The light just to see. It was great to see kind of whether Tim makes it or not remains to be seen. What he's making it really, but it was great to see all of the young fellas out there actually. And him yeah. giving time back to them and having the chats with them and getting photographs yeah. and stuff like that's what it's, it's huge, about, you know? huge for the club. We have with like with Tom Daly, mm. Tom Daly comes down and uh, even Ed Byrne. I know like he he it's a long time since Ed played in the club. Like he was only minis played up as far as thirteens, uh, I think, but twelves or thirteens. Mm. But like yeah. when they come around, like it just makes a huge, huge, huge difference to have them there and like people actually and it's great to see in the paper you know when they say there's like a Kenny player Carlo, you know yeah. there's always that little thing in the Nationals to just make an awful difference to kids going on. there is a chance yeah. small chance it's just, you, you it's just funny I said there James but what, what is making it for me that would be if I was Tim personally that would be mm. making it if yeah. you're walking out yeah. to your home club where you once walked and hoped to see a, a Sean O'Brien or a Ty mm. Furlong and you're now that figure do you know Hmm. It's, it's, the funny thing is, is actually as well is that Peter Lighton was knocking around the club during the week as well. He's in Kilkenny College today. 
Yeah, nobody has a clue who Peter Leiden is yet. He's played yeah. for Stade Francais yeah. or, or London Scottish. He's over and playing professionally in France. Nobody has a clue who he is because he's gone away. But you know, it's one of the things. An objective of mine is to make Peter Peter known to the younger younger people in the club as well. You yeah. know, he was in Kilkenny yeah. College today with working with our own halves. Right, uh, doing a bit of kicking with them there. Every time you see him, you're just looking at him and you're going, "He actually really is that big. Yeah, he is a unit. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a unit he's of six man. foot two, six foot three, and a big frame. I don't know if you saw the drop goal. He knocked over the weekend like it was nuts. Like yeah, just a loose drop goal. Someone went to clear his kick. It was palmed down. There was people running at him from all directions, and he was he, he was like fucking Morris Fitzgerald. Just he just let fly <laughs> on this ball and straight over the bar. <laughs> In broken field of play, it was it was class to watch it. Yeah, no, he's he's good, he's good. Just on young lads making as well. Uh, Barry Gray, Tom was playing for the Leinster Development um, squad on the weekend. Uh, I didn't see. I heard. I didn't hear anything about it. I know. Yeah. I know. It's unfortunate. The the he was on the bench. I think or something for them yeah. there to play the monster. That was it. The monster development to play it. I think it was. Uh, and don't quote me on it, but I think it was monster to play it. On the weekend with yeah. the development. Do you know they win? Because I know they got well beaten against Connacht, the Connacht Eagles. Got Connacht Eagles. Connacht, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was just a kind of strange result. It was a bit on, on Barry doing so well and still being kept in the system, you know. Ah, he's a lovely, he's a lovely kid though. He just takes it takes it all in the stride. Like he doesn't he doesn't know how good he is himself at times, you know. He just goes yeah, out yeah, and plays yeah. and nothing really and plays and just strolls along. But sure, they're up there, there's a heap of them in Clant there's a couple of them gone to Clantar from Maybe my own young fellow was up there all in the beer and everything together and having the crack, you know. So, yeah. look, so Connor Duffy's up there and Jack Hanlon's up there and Barry's up there. They all played Leinster 18s together. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Tom, Tom, go ahead, Tom. No, no. I'm all right. I was just going to say before we move on from <laughs> club stuff there, actually, it's just important for us to acknowledge the return of Ben Mick McGrath to coaching youth teams in Kilkenny. He, he took a sabbatical there last year and the year before, but um, Mick's probably, he was 87 Towns Cup winning captain, or 86 Towns Cup winning captain, but he's um, he's back involved with coaching youth teams again, about 40, I think he I think he had given about 37 years continuous service to the club coaching, oh, and yeah. he's back again now, What's and it? uh, Great, great to have him back in there with the under. No one tell him once you get out, stay out. Says <laughs> <laughs> I'd like someone to do that to me. <laughs> you get one foot off the door, what's, jump. What's that word, Johnny? Stay out. <laughs> and the other one is a bit of bad news, a bit of sad news filtering through today. There's a bit of a Kilkenny legend, not only rugby legend, but a Kilkenny legend, um, Billy Dalton passed away. Oh, so yeah. Billy's um, Billy at Chancellor's Mills. All his yeah, young, all yeah. his lads played played with the club. Um, Dennis and Richie played at the club and John and uh, Billy and they would be kind of strong sponsors of the club as well so we just want to pass our condolences to uh, to the Dalton family today on, on, on that but you know the other side of it is he was I think he was closer to, to 100 than he was to 90 so, and he uh, lived, lived a great life as well so um, as I said condolences from, from us all to the Daltons Absolutely Absolutely Um just talking there about Tom Daly, he was interviewed uh, during the week. Um, uh, Andy Farrell has told him he's got five games now in the URC um, to get himself back in the shop window for the Autumn Internationals. Um, he was disappointed, of course, Tom, that he uh, uh, got in for the Summer Series but just never got even onto the bench for any of those matches. Very disappointing. You know, but he said he learned, obviously, an awful lot from being in camp and just the 
intensity was a couple of steps up from what he's used to with Connacht and all that sort of stuff. So, fingers crossed. Uh, you know, like he's he's been named in all the teams, he's putting in good performance. So we'll have to see how he gets on and what Andy Farrell's plan is come uh the next couple of months. Yeah, absolutely. He's got um they've they have a tough one now. They've the, the bulls they have this weekend. Yeah, the Vodacom Bulls, yeah. Yeah, so like it'll be uh, it'll be tough tough going. But that's that Tom's a lovely lad and he really I wish it was an awful pity, even if he got five minutes on the pitch, would have made a huge boost for his, you know, for his own morale. I know he got he was involved with the with the squad, but John, that that five minutes to be on sitting on the bench and just not get the five minutes is a, a big disappointment for. But I, look, Tom is a workhorse. He'll go out and he he will do his best and won't stop him if we can week out like last year. He performed for Connacht, so yeah. we hope to see him back in good form again. He's a big boy. Absolutely. You know, the the only thing with, with Thomas is like I've great time for him. I know him an awful long time. He's I think he's an exceptionally good rugby player. But he's going up against probably the most informed centre in the world at the minute in Robbie Henshaw. Um, Gary Ringrose is fit, you know. Like there's there's an awful lot. Bundyaki is there. There's an awful lot of competition for where he's going for. Mm. And it, if anything was his chance, it was when the line store was on, when Bundy and Robbie were gone and Gary was injured. Like I don't know. I just think I think he's going to have to have five really outstanding games. Really, really outstanding games in the URC to be yeah. within within the horse's kick of it, and it's, it's disappointing to say it, and it's 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 hard, but like harsh reality of it is, Thomas is twenty eight, um, Robbie Henshaw is not too much much older than him, Gary Ringrose is not older than him, and these guys are going well at the moment, so I just he needs a look to go in his favor as well. Really. He, he really yeah, he really needs everything to fall into place for him now, and I hope yeah. it falls into place for him, but. He really needs every swing, nut bolt, and everything he can get to fall right into his place. Yeah, because one man's look yeah. is another man's hard look. You know, yeah. there's a lot coming through Leinster. There's, there's a lot coming through on Leinster side as well. Yeah, like yeah, the, 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 the strength you know, the in the centre. Yes, Osborne is Osborne is a fantastic unit there. Mm. Yeah, he got, Nish, yeah, yeah, he got um, a run out there at the weekend. But he's he is class coming. Crawley's he's coming class well. coming through. And yeah, Crawley's moving well as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of been a bit unlucky too. It's just I don't know. He's but just missing that bit something. For most of the weekend, had a strong game. Yeah, he was good actually the weekend. Yeah, I know he was very good for that. Steve was second try. Like he made it. I tell you, Carberry's a bit rusty. He is. Yeah. Um. He's yeah. A bit rusty. We'll talk about the weekend there. We're just we just led into it nicely there as well. We'll start with Munster. Um. Uh, yeah, you were talking, James, last week about Stephen Larkham and we we're talking about the Munster management and what's going on and what's happened over the years. It seems to be now that Stephen Larkham is probably going to take a bit more of a grasp of the managing, management of the team um, with Van Grand sort of doing a pivot and, and a bit more of a background role is what it's looking like and what journalists are saying and, and, and what seems to be going on in there as well. Um, basically, it was pee or get off the pot this year anyway, is what we were saying um, from a management point of view. But it looks it looks to be that that's what's happening. For Grand Grand, certainly it's a big season, you know, and he hasn't produced the goods for Munster. As I said last week, they've gone, they've gone backwards, if you ask me, in terms of where they're going. They're like the Liverpool of old. They're there or thereabouts, and then it gets to the important part of the season and they filter away. And Johnny touched on it last week. Is there a cultural problem? There is. You know, 
Van Gran, going by his demeanor and in interviews and stuff, he's a very, how would I say, a stern sort of character and very seems to be very set in his ways. Whereas when you compare him to Larkin, Larkin's a Nazi, he probably by nature has a better personality, is probably a better people person. And because of that, he's probably a more upbeat sort of guy in the in the interviews and in the press conferences and, and so on. But I've noticed over the last couple of weeks, it's Larkin that's front and centre of the press conferences. See, Dave Kilcoyne that with him yesterday. So it's probably a fair assessment to say that Larkin is probably going to be taking the reins or definitely taking over the reins in a, in a more senior, in a, like what is he at the moment? He's a senior head coach or something like that. He was you know, the attack coach for... Yeah, something like that. The attack he was down like a, with them. Yeah, like a Leo Cullen, Stuart Lancaster yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Exactly. So it's probably fair assessment where, where wherever your source of information is coming from, Stephen, and it makes sense that Van Gran might move somewhere else, be it upstairs or be it back home, and Larkin will 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 transition into into that head coach position, mm-hmm. and. Um, Hopefully it works because you know what he's he was an X Factor player he had everything and uh, you can see his impact on Munster over the last two seasons. What I think the out and out impact that he could actually have has probably been restricted a little bit by the conservative approach that Van Grand brings to it. So you'd like to think that when Larkin gets his full control of the team, that Munster might start trying to play a little bit more open. And yeah, they saw, you saw like the, the last, point. especially the second half last week. They had um, at the weekend. They had uh, they were far more open in their play. They got their last yeah. try was fantastic. The last Ebo try was 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 excellent hands. Which team Larkham try, has yeah. been bringing in, but I didn't like the way last season that they regressed to kind of this yeah. and trying to play like we're not South Africans. You can bring whoever you want in, but we're not South mm-hmm. Africans. We don't play that bully game. We've never been able oh. to play that bully game. Um, there's no Irish team has ever really played a bully game. And look, we've all Munster mauled for years and they were fantastic at it. Um, Leinster are well able to maul now, but that's not a bully game. Mm-hmm. Like, they they play this. Yeah, I don't like the idea. Uh, and I don't like the idea that they brought in another South African second row. I mean, we have the young fella from no. Kerry was just phenomenal when he, like to have a guy who's six foot ten. Thomas um, Ahern, yeah. He, Thomas Ahern actually played full back. And underage <laughs> rugby, like <laughs> schools were played yeah. fullback, but you can see him in the last try. He is he's up with Zebo on the wing. Yeah, there is some a, there's a six foot ten second row, okay. and he's not getting the game. And how is he going to fit in with the game time? Another Ryan Bird. He shouldn't need, be running that fast scored. at all. Like he's going to need a six. Right we need a six foot ten. Devon Toner as like when Devon Toner came into into his prime, when you put him on the pitch straight away line outs. Line out of whether it was for Ireland or whether it's for Leinster, you have somebody there who is extraordinary, and he that young lad has that potential. He scored some cracking tries for the Irish under 20s, if you remember from way out the field. Yeah, yeah, you know, serious gas like, big long uh, legs opening up. I was actually like Devin Toner. Devin Toner is an inc- is, has been an incredible servant to Irish rugby, but he probably offers nothing to the caliber around the pitch that Young Hearn can offer because yeah. he's such an athlete. Like we need, we need second rows. We need front row players. We need, you know, the, we have young Hognet is coming back into the play. He's 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 uh, another back row player. They're all competition. Like we need it from Leinster, from Munster, and also yeah. from the other two provinces. So, you know, we have to have competition week, to get a, an Irish team. We said it last week. It seems to be affecting uh, something that happens in Irish club rugby. 
we're so slow about giving these young fellas their chance. You know, in Wales, in England, in New Zealand, if you're good enough, you're old enough, in you go, go prove yourself, you know. Yeah, you'll make mistakes, but that's part and parcel of it. It's all about how you channel the mistake and how you use that mistake. In Ireland, we just seem to be, no, he's not ready, we'll hold him back, we'll hold him back, we'll hold him back. Then it gets to the point where, you know, is it... It, has he been held back too much to the point where he's not able to express himself anymore, you know? Well, sure, you give it yourself. You give a frame example of a young lad playing for, for Kilkenny. You said he was extra, and you said an 18 mm. year old, a young lad shouldn't be doing getting doing that mm. in J1 rugby. So there's a young lad who got a chance and performed. Mm. So yeah. we need, and, and in fairness, Lens are, are so good at it. But the other province yeah. is they like that's why it is so important to have uh, the other three, but especially Munster who are at them well I was kind of being you know it's either second first or second they have to have a team to compete with Leinster and they have to play a rugby that suits Irish rugby because yeah. if they don't our national they, team I think, I think Munster need to be very point. very careful because I think Tomás O'Hearn especially could be scouted somewhere else Um very if he's possible. not in game time in Munster I think he could go somewhere else and they need to be very very careful they're finally getting good young talent in but they're not letting yeah. them express themselves. Yeah, and that's so, been well, a problem with Munster for a long time. But it'll be a problem across the board if we're not, if we're not lads aren't getting game time, and even like um, Porter, that are those talks of Porter for next season could be could be approached by French teams. Yeah, yeah but they do that every you know, year. They do that every year. No, they're but this year there's a particular yeah, team that yeah. approach a couple of players and will there's really, him, really Rossborn and um, Ty Furlong. No, 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 it wasn't Tiger. For, for long is only Reece a year of his contract, so they're worried Reece about him. Reese Rudd, Ross Morna and, and Andrew Porter. Ross Maloney. That's the, was that, that was the other one. Yeah. And there was another there, I know it's all it, chat, but... But there's a reason Leinster are looking to make Healy into a tight head as well. I was just going to talk about that, actually, yeah. Yeah, you know, I've seen that, and I was there going... It's not a bit, like, ridiculous to be trying to move and moving lads around, bringing in another tight head. Mm. Shifting, shifting lads to loose head. So, considering so, that they were yeah, trying to so get play. The boys did a swap basically last row, weekend. The uneducated person to the front row would say, "Oh, she can play both sides," but you cannot play both sides. Oh, you can't like, unless you are trained from a very, very early age. Because even with Charlie there, they're trying to make Charlie Ward play loose head and tight head. Um, and now since he's gone to Connacht, they're only putting him in as loose at the minute. Like oh. Keen Healy is well experienced, well developed. He's not going to learn how to play a tie head overnight. Do you know? Well, the question I'd ask is why are they doing it? They've brought in Michael Alalatoa and they have tied, they got tied into a one year contract extension. Mm. Are they looking at it to say, well, tie could be gone the end of the season? But Ty, I reckon tie will go. Do you? I reckon? Yeah. Mm. Why? Like, it's longevity. Yeah. His, career's, yeah. his career has more years behind it than it does in front of it. His well, best years are. 29. He's 29. His best year. He's 29 in November. His best years are now. Um, he needs to go make some pound. <laughs> well, he'll get like he's as they said he's young fella. He'll get if he gets a. a he's over half, a half over three years or whatever. You know that's uh, yeah. I, and he can well he can you demand know. what he wants because there is no tight heads. No, but he, he's paid, let's be fair. Mm. To be fair, lads, he's over half a million a year prop. Yeah, mm. he's uh, over half a million. But and and he needs it, and he needs to go earn that and have it. But the only thing is, his timing couldn't be worse for his age and everything with the World Cup being in 2023. Yeah. Will they give him an exemption like they gave Sexton? Um, won't they, like the Rohoff, Sebo, no. the Rohoff, Donnick Ryan, will they let him back in? 
It's a case of having to let him back in, you know. As Donald Linehan said a few years ago on against the head, the scrum is never an issue until it becomes an issue. And if Ty Furlong leaves Ireland and is not eligible for, for Ireland, we're in trouble in, the, in, in, in our scrum, regardless of what Porter can do, regardless of what anyone else can do. You know, Ty but Furlong... Let's like, be honest, Ed. Andrew Porter is 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 good player, but he's not an exceptionally good tie head. After Ty Furlong, how many exceptionally good tie heads do we have in the country? We only have three tie heads in the country, really, realistically, at the moment. Yeah, but how many exception? How many of them are exceptional? One. Only two. Well, yeah. Porter, Porter probably. Well, Porter is number two, and he still is. He still has a bit of oomph around the field. No, he's a great a, player, but he's not. What I mean is, he's not. An, he's not an exceptional tie head. Not as a scrum, he wouldn't be there. Yeah. Scrum I, I don't rate him as an exceptional player personally. But if he's not getting a re, a, the week in, week out run a tight head, how is he? You can't, you can't just come into play international, shove into the international tight head. It just doesn't work. Well, yeah, like I, I'm not saying it's not, I'm not saying it's his fault as such, but no, it's not. Um, he's not, he's not an exceptional tight head. So if Tyke Furlong leaves and decides to go to France in 2022, 2023, who's going to play tight head for Ireland in the 2023 World Cup? Well, I don't, that's, yeah, that's why I didn't see it's like Munster bringing in the second row. Why bring in? Unless Alatoa is going to absolutely give young lads that, you know, for coaching point of view and for for that, how is he going to make such a difference? It's not going to do the national team any good. No. Yeah. And having yeah. this yeah. guy, There's... and we don't. There is certain positions that, like even your man going in hooker in Ulster, you maybe would hope that he would bring something to his like because of his age, that he might bring something to youth. As in the younger mm. hookers coming in, maybe bringing him in like bringing Sean in for a coach. Yeah, perspective. I want from a coaching and, and a leading point of view. No, I saw your man Alato; he's great hands and everything. But yeah. what's he going he to do? Doesn't have national team though. I put him up. Yeah, like, do you see him put him up against one of the big England squads, one of the big French teams? That's it. There's, there's a big issue as well with the URC this year. Is that when the international window comes around, that stops. Um, as far as I know, so all that time where we were sending out the chaps, as I used to call it, um, you know, the Harry Burns and the Osbournes and all this to get game time, it's just, that's sort of going to disappear a bit this year with the reformat of the league. Um, so that puts a bit more pressure on this rotation of bringing in these young lads. The Lens have been great at it the last couple of years, you know, Jesus, the blood, God knows how many players, but. Mm-hmm. What are they going to do this year? And so that makes that argument tougher then again. Um, what what the biggest issue? I, like I know the rotation is good, but they're also looking at bringing in a pay cap. Oh Jesus! Yeah, so the, the pay cap will throw a lot of spanners into the work. If it comes in, like if it comes in 2022, 2023, and Ty Furlong has been offered a cap of four hundred and fifty thousand for talk's sake off Leinster, but France are offering him six fifty. Mm. You know, like, so who's the, imposing that pay cap? Is is it IRFU or the European no? It's the URC. Or? It's the whole competition in general. They're looking to bring in a pay cap. Mm. Um, I just I briefly looked at something today on it. I didn't really. And is that something much. to do probably with the funds available to the South African teams to try and keep more players in yeah, South Africa? It's to, it's to try keep the players in South Africa and try keep the competition level high. Yeah. Okay. So so the IRFU are going to have to keep on imposing that. You know, you play away, you don't play for Ireland thing. To try and encourage them to stay, 
it's it's a tough yeah, one. Like, I don't know. I I think ever since Sexton was allowed jewel in and out from. You see, that was bef- as 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 what's the name? Brian O'Driscoll pointed out that Sexton thing happened before Nusfora really nailed that one down. So it wasn't yeah. it wasn't strictly in play that time, so to speak. Um, um but then Nusfora came and said, "Right, this is our policy." Isn't you know? there talk of Nusfora? His contract is up the end of this year, and there's talk about him moving on with um, what's your man yeah. Brown, and uh, both of them will move out at the same time. I know a lot of the, the women were saying that after last week's uh, disaster yeah. that oh, um, yeah. Lucifer might move on as well when yeah. um, the current CEO, I can't remember his name, the RFU moves on as well. So, yeah, they were well short of their targets that they set for themselves mm-hmm. in that five year plan. So, you know, but that, like, have they, like, have they, do they have? The players? That's the first question I think you need to ask. Like, I mean, I don't know Adam Griggs, but I know Adam Griggs is a reasonably, if not a very good coach. You would not have better than I would, Johnny. But um, you know, did he have the resources to do it? And resources not being money or not being facilities, but being players. Um, but you yeah, won't have said, players. You're not going to unless I keep saying with with the women. It's like years ago, lads went off and played in England before real professional lads went and got blooded in England. For a while, but unless you get the women playing professional and give them mm-hmm. something, you're not going to have the, they're, they're like they're, they're second the class major- citizens. They're second yeah, class citizens at the moment. The majority of the women are in England playing. Huh? The majority of good women are in England playing. Like, Annika. but it's only a couple of them. Like, and you still mm-hmm. like you're trying to Classic. force panels. And what we're doing at the moment, which is which is absolutely atrocious. Like the out half, the out half only had a couple of games at out half, and she could be a really really good out half. But she was brought straight in from sevens to play out. Like she's playing out mm. half when she played at sevens and fifteen game. It's totally, totally different games, oh, and they're trying I, to spread it out between the fifteens and the sevens games. That's not going to work. I think that problem stems from a, a good few years back now, and I won't mention any names as such. But I remember years ago when I was first starting to get involved in the southeast coach, and I was down at a, at the trials, and we were doing the the lads and the girls trials, and I remember being given a a book with names on it for the, for the girls' trials, and um, we were training anyway, and we we're watching drills and stuff. And so basically, it was for the 15 Southeast team, Do you know, was it well, fifth, yeah, Union Southeast team, I call it. Um, so standing there, and as marking girls on ability and stuff and everything else, the next thing one guy comes over and says to me, Look for sevens players, and um, this is what this program is for. So I was there thinking, You're getting girls that are playing 15s in their club. I just, I just think the whole setup in the women's game is backwards. I just think they're not given the same opportunity. They're not given the same level of respect. Some of women athletes are actually far better athletes than men, and and I think it's, I think it's fear more than anything else that is holding them back. I think, I really, I think there, if you need to invest an awful lot more energy, time, and finances into them, and they need to be given stuff. They need to be given money. They need to be given jobs whatever it is they need to be treated like the men are treated because I, I really think it's a fear factor that the women could surpass the men if they were given the equal opportunities Potentially, that's my that's my personal take on it but you need it you have to have those girls in your club you have that's to like, if we don't we need we need we don't have every club i don't care if they're they're fibbing if it comes down to saying that every club has loads of members or there's loads of young lads playing, there's a serious downturn in, in young lads playing sport. We need women to fit. The girls need to come in and fit in. Like I was there last night with the, the 16s rhinos and you should see them. Like I know the national, they're little, they're different than lads, 
but they pick up things so quickly. So it's not mm-hmm. a case that if they were given at the right age, the right information, the right coaching, the right facilities, strength and conditioning, those girls will stay. And now, okay, girls do finish up, a little, will finish up a little bit quicker, but you'll have a bigger um, kind of conveyor belt of players coming through. Whereas at the moment, they don't have those. And it's yeah, it, it, given it's, it's shocking. Time, time. Well, it is a lot of, like, most families have, like, there's daughters in a lot of families and they have to, you know, they play need to play sport too. Yeah, yeah so but do you get what I mean? Like, like the lads are the lads have been given platforms all the time. So this year is actually the first official full under eighteen Southeast Guard program. So it's a full program. So they've been given the Shane Horgan Cup games. They've been given S and C. They've been given coaches. Everything. They'll be given equal opportunity at the top level. But like, if if girls don't have that, if they don't have that target to set, they'll move to another code. They'll go to GEA where they can play county football or they can play County Hurling, or Camogie, or they go to soccer where they can get onto the Wexford Youth Women's Team, or they'll go somewhere where they can progress. An athlete's an athlete, and they know where they're going to be um, appreciated. So if they're given long-term movements, I think they'll, I think they'll commit more. Um, yeah, and it, like, you, can't, you can't dispute the level. Like I was watching the Tull... I'm going to sound real one-sided here, but I was watching the Tuller girls on Monday night, and God rest poor old Joe O'Brien, you could tell them girls were coached how to play rugby. You know, yeah. the four girls, they knew how to catch, they knew how to pass, they knew how to tackle, they knew where to put their feet, they knew all the basics that you don't, you can't get 16 lads to know. But 16 mm-hmm. girls know how to do it because they listen and they respect mm-hmm. the, the person telling them. And they, yeah, they're very coachable. And like, I was just standing back in silence watching them four girls and I just said, she's Jordan, a fantastic job. Because yeah. them girls were, they were coached by a person who took time out to show them basic skills of the game and not tell them, yeah. let's do 600 loops and unders and we look so good on camera, but we won't be tenable and we won't last. And by the time you get to 18s, rugby, you'll fall off. Now, well, 18s, it's 18, if they have them there at 17 and 18, it's too late. They need to be there 15, 16. That has yeah. to be where it is. That's where Joe had them girls. He had them at 14s, yeah. he had them at 12s. <laughs> yeah. And he yeah, we have we, we actually have it in, integrated at minis level now as well. So there's a minis girls section at Kilkenny as well. And you know what? Yeah. For 70, 80 young girls are playing every Sunday morning. Well, maybe not yet, but in the next few weeks, that's what will be coming back out. Like, and that's even again where it starts because you, you will have a dropout after minis. You will have a dropout. I think was it the 20 by 20 movement is trying to stop girls dropping out of sport in general mm. before 16 yeah. to keep them beyond 16. Yeah, you know? yeah, so yeah. let's keep them beyond 16. You will have a small dropout. But, I think it's up to us as clubs as well, not to incentivize it for us, but to make it difficult for them to leave the sport. You know, make it interesting to keep them. Make it interesting for them to stay involved, make it fun for them. Take perhaps, you know, is the competition is needed, but you know, is there any quirky way that it can be made a little bit more enjoyable to invoke emotions for them to actually want to stay and move through to the next levels? Well, if you get girls on tour, Get them off on tour, the same as boys, bring them across the water, wherever else they're going, or even small tours around playing clubs, mm. and get them having the same crack for the boys and introduce that that uh, kind of that nitty-gritty family, the feeling that they have, and bring that back into the girls' system. The girls will, the girls will stay. They, like, yeah. they don't know the sport. It's just fun. Like, half of it is fun, but they just play, they play it with fun. Mm. They're just going yeah. out and they're playing. They're learning it in a fun way, but they need the crack and they need to be brought into this have the same fun as the lads have. And I think those, those programs like, come into place and they can go down to the southeast and get that. Those who 
are developed a bit earlier can go down to the southeast, get the skills and bring them back to the girls and bring back that information to the other girls and then have them have them in the same sort of respect that they go to the get them into watching Leinster matches like I see something came in there to try and get the bus lads back up for the Leinster games, you know, after in after October when the things are opened up again, is to try and fill the stadiums. But why not fill them with girls as well yeah. and go yeah. watch the girls play? Yeah. That's it, that, I think uh, Mags Hennessy from our women's section, uh, head coach for women's senior women's teams, was on with KCLR the weekend. They're recruiting knows, players, yeah. really tr- trying to recruit players at the moment to come out and join the women's team. Um, so if anybody locally in Kilkenny uh, wants to give, give, give it a try, um, give us a call there on the Facebook pages and we'll arrange for you to come out. Absolutely. Um, the more the merrier, lads. I think we'll wrap it up there. It's one of the longest ones we've done so far. Lots, <laughs> lots to chat about. I yeah, see no, you missed me. You just missed me last yeah. week. We, we missed Tom. We missed Tom. <laughs> you see, Tom, there was very little sense spoken last week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nothing but lies. That's it. No, it's, Very good. There is. It's it's busy, busy times for sure. It's the best way to have it, and it's uh, great yeah, to have it. you back on this week, Tom, and the lads as well. That's it from the Knock On Rugby podcast on Scoreline.ie. Don't forget to visit the site for more on rugby, and of course, if you're into a GAA, we've got the Clash Act and lots, lots more. Talk to you soon. <laughs>